This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, April 9th, 2020. I'm Caleb Brown. The advice from federal officials about how to minimize the risk of coronavirus infection has changed radically in just the last few weeks. What drove that initial, perhaps supremely damaging advice was a noble lie. Cato's Alex Narasta says noble lies are still lies. And when they come from purported experts, they damage the trust that we all ought to have in people who possess expertise. Shortly after it uh, became widely believed in the United States that this novel coronavirus that causes COVID-19 was going to be a, a substantial problem, face masks across the internet sold out. And the Surgeon General took to Twitter and uh, said, don't wear face masks. They're not that helpful. We need to reserve them for medical personnel. And since then, that advice has really fallen by the wayside. But there was almost three, four, almost four weeks when the official advice that that uh, Americans were getting from the government uh, was very different than what it is right now. That's right. They reversed their initial recommendation. Now they are saying you should wear a face mask. Uh, they're sort of saying, you know, wear a cloth face mask maybe like a bandana or something else that you make, uh, preserve the N95 masks, these other more serious medical masks for medical personnel, but do cover your face. It does help. And that's quite a reversal. Uh, Jerome Adams in February said, don't buy face masks. The CDC for several years has had a recommendation on their website to not buy face masks. And recently CDC officials have gone on to say not to, but the CDC reversed course as well and said, no, you should cover your face when uh, you're in public and walking around. It does reduce the transmission of COVID-19, makes it less likely that the virus uh, will spread to other people, makes it less likely that you will get the virus. So it does help. But it's a, a tremendous reversal in a short period of time from a position that frankly seemed ridiculous to a lot of people, the notion that you shouldn't wear a mask, they don't help, to now one that does make a lot of sense. So it's about time that they sort of came around to what we all realized was the common sense approach. So it's hard to come to the conclusion that the CDC uh, was not aware of the benefits of face masks. Um, it's hard to believe that the U.S. Surgeon General would uh, offer advice that was not true, uh, or at least uh, was was bad advice. Do we have any evidence about whether or not this institution? or this uh, high-ranking government official uh, knew that the advice that they were giving was not sound from a, a very practical, individual-level uh, way. Every time they said not to buy face masks, or virtually every time, it was combined with the justification that medical personnel needed them. And that if you buy them, then that's if you buy a mask, that's one less mask that could be used by somebody working as a nurse or a doctor or seeing actual patients. So I think that there's a lot of and there's a lot of evidence that um, they wanted to save these masks for medical personnel. And that seems to be the justification for, I'd say, greatly exaggerating the ineffectiveness of masks. Um, sort of a, a noble lie, I would say, is the uh, justification for a lot 
of these statements early on that tried to persuade people not to use them. So you use this term noble lie in a blog post at Cato.org. And since then, that term has sort of caught on with respect to uh, this bad advice that was initially given by the government. That's right. And I think the the downside of this advice is, I mean, the obvious one is that people didn't wear masks uh, during a period of time when they should have. And as a result, there's probably more, there are more people who have caught the virus as a result of that. Um, but the other long-term consequence of this is that people are going to be a little less trusting of experts. And that's terrible because the experts in this case know a lot about this virus. They know how it spreads. They know about diseases. And the rest of us who are amateurs, we need to be able to listen to them and trust the advice that they are giving us. And it just becomes so much harder to do that when we know that they have lied for noble reasons, but they have lied to us um, in the past about the effectiveness of masks. Why is uh, distrusting experts uh, such a cost? Experts have expertise in these different topics, right? It's part of the word. And issues like a virus, a pandemic, things like this, very few people understand how they work. So if we're going to be able to, as just you know, normal people, you and I out there, change our behavior to minimize our chances of being sick, uh, I'm not going to be able to learn virology in a couple hours to be able to change my behavior. I have to rely on the judgments of people who have spent years, decades studying this. And if I have doubt that what they're telling me is accurate, if I think they might have other motives, if I think they're going to lie, even if for good for good reason to me, then I'm going to be less likely to take uh, to, to heed warning to their other legitimate uh, comments about how I can limit the spread of this virus. I think it's important that we all change our behavior to limit the spread of this, but we have to change in ways that make sense and that actually work. And experts know how that is, how we need to change. If we don't believe them because they lie to us or they selectively lie to us based on a, a cost-benefit analysis that they do in their own head, uh, then that's going to lead to a very substantial downside of the rest of us just aren't going to listen as much. We're not going to heed the warnings when we should, uh, but we can't tell them when that is. So I think the, the optimum strategy for them, for experts, is to just always tell the truth, no matter what it is, be open with us. If they had said, listen, masks work. Don't buy as many as you want because we need them for medical personnel. Make your own out of a bandana. If they had said that two or three months ago, there'd be no problem here. But they weren't honest with us. And as a result, this is a problem. This is a problem that's been um, in politics uh, for a very long time. So what are some uh, other examples of this that we've seen in the past? I think we see people say uh, in talking about uh, immigration, for instance, which is the topic that I primarily work on, uh, people will start saying uh, like immediately, oh, there's no, um, you know, the, the, there's no downside to immigration. It's all gravy. It's all upside. Uh, the net benefits are enormous for immigration. But for everything, there's a downside. Nobody believes that. Like some individual Americans are going to compete a little bit more uh, with immigrants. Some individual immigrants are going to commit crimes, right? It's just that they 
Net economic benefits for Americans are tremendously positive, and they're much less likely to commit crimes than native-born Americans, right? So I think that the line that we want to use is be open, just be honest, don't sugarcoat anything, uh, lay out the facts. Alex Narasta directs immigration policy studies at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to the Cato Daily Podcast wherever you please and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.